Hello and welcome to another episode of Total Reboot. This is Alexi Toliopoulos coming at you at the start of the episode to tell you what this is. This is a little Patreon episode unlocked where Cameron and I reviewed and discussed the movie Prey, which is that very fun, cool take on Predator that came out earlier this year. I also stepped through some of my favorite films of the Melbourne International Film Festival. So some of those films have played now outside the festival. Some of them are yet to come, but they're all films that I think you should have on your radar. Uh, We're dropping this one out now because we are still in the midst of releasing Finding Jesus. It's taken up a lot of our time, uh, which is so awesome to see how much you guys have responded to it, how much you've loved it, how much you've shared it. But I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you sincerely for all of that and all of your support. It means the freaking world to us. So please keep sharing it, keep commenting on it, tell your freaking friends in person, call someone up, tell them how good Finding Jesus, the web series from the two funniest cunnies this side of the Mississippi is, um, means so much to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully there'll be more things like that. Uh, So just want to get you this really fun episode out this week so you could get an extra treat from us. And we're going to wrap up 1982 soon. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what the plans for this podcast feed are in the future. And they're really exciting. Honestly, they've felt very renewing for Cameron and I talking about some new ideas that we could do with our podcast. And I cannot wait to share them with you. And I cannot wait to get stuck into them. But until then, enjoy this Patreon Unlocked episode. And once again, Cecilia, thank you from me and Cameron for just helping us and supporting us with this new project. We're so proud of Finding Jesus. And... um, yeah, it's been very touching to hear all you guys really dig it and get stuck into a mystery with us once again. And we can't wait to keep making things like this in the future. Enjoy this episode. It's really fun, really funny, really freaking silly. We talk about goo a lot in this episode for some reason. Enjoy, baby. See you next week. Hello and welcome behind the paywall to the Patreon exclusive episodes of Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies, and we're talking about things that we have watched. Yes, that's true. Um, This is uh, one of the most exciting things about having a podcast is you can talk about anything you want, Mm -hmm. anything in the world, politics, religion, philosophy. Uh, Controversial subjects about society and the way that we all play our roles in Mm -hmm. society and how Mm -hmm. it's actually all bull spit. It is all bull crud. I mean, but we don't have time to get into that because we've got to talk about what we've watched. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to sit here with you and talk about all that sort of shit. But unfortunately, we've got to talk about the new Predator movie. We saw the Predator (laughs) prequel. Pray. Eat, pray, love. The Predator prequel, pray. (laughs) Pray, the Predator prequel. Pray, the Predator prequel. And pray, tell Cameron. Mm. Tell me about Pray. Think it was fun. Me too. Great flick. Great time. I would say great time at the movies, but I watched it in the comfort of my own home. Great time on my lounge. Yeah. And you know, my lounge is nice. Mm. It is warm. Yeah. I can use a quilt when I'm there. Yeah, you can do anything. I can't use a quilt in the cinema, can I? 
You could bring one. It would be fucking soccer. It's so. crazy. <laughs> bring some jats and a quilt. Yeah, if I had a little camp out, I sat on the floor of a cinema, a little picnic area, eating some jats and crackers. I hate that. A little fucking tub of tub of dip. Yeah, some hummus. Pesto. And some, and- <laughs> and some carrot sticks. A little crudite set up. Oh, my God. If I had a little crudite set up, a little cheese board, if you will. People would hate you. Yeah, yeah. People would think I'm quite- Strange and psychotic. Yeah. But in the comfort of your own home, you can do whatever you want. And I chose to watch the film Prey mm. and I chose to have some chocolate. Okay. What kind of chocolate? Um, I had a crunchy. Oh, fuck. Aristocratic <laughs> over here. Good Lord almighty. And I've got to tell you. you me a hundred guesses and crunchy would not have been in the top 10. Yeah. It's not in my top 10, but mm. I just went for it. It's I just a felt great it. pick. <laughs> I think it, I, crunchy should be in the top 10 chocolate bars for most people. It's including famous. It's a oh, famous It's chocolate. very famous. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the famous chocolate mm-hmm. bars in this country, but not- Maybe one of the more beloved. Yeah. Can I give you this? This is some insider information. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question first. Crunchy mm-hmm. or Violet Crumble? These are both honeycomb mm-hmm. yes. coated by chocolate candy bars in Australia. Which one do you prefer? Well, ordinarily, I would say it's the way that shatters that matters. But um, i got to say crunchy, I think, yes. because of the, the packaging. Mm-hmm. Packaging's nicer. Yeah. Love that font. Yeah. And I also think that- I love the way it shatters. Yeah. And the chocolate's nicer. Rove McManus swears by Violet Crumble. Interesting. Violet Crumble's a drier honeycomb mm-hmm. and it does shatter into shards. Yeah. But there's a goo factor to the honeycomb and the crunchy. Yes. Sometimes you get <laughs> yeah. a little, if you're lucky, if you're a lucky duck, you get mm-hmm. a touch of goo in there. Yeah, that little touch of goo <laughs> does not go unnoticed. And crunchy I love people, that. we have noticed the goo. And I think that's what separates us. Rove is in a higher class of um, society yeah, than absolutely. us. So he probably has more dignified and refined taste. But we love the goo <laughs> factor of a crunchy. Rove doesn't have time for goo. He's got no time for goo. He's a jet setter, a go-getter, and an executive producer on the project. Yeah. So, he can't be dealing with goo. He wants to be biting into a violet crumble, and if it shatters all over his suit, mm-hmm. all he's got to do is brush it, brush away, it away and then walk straight on camera. You and I, we can have a moment to yeah. anticipate the goo. If yeah. we're going to get the goo or not. <laughs> and Or even if our saliva will create the goo. That's yeah. a disgusting thing to say. Rove can't even have that thought. Rove can't. <laughs> Rove would never say that. He could never. He could never bring it up. But um, but we can, and that's just where we're at in our careers, and exactly. that's why <laughs> we're in the goo factor. Of we're our in the goo phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I really was excited for this movie. We saw the trailer for it. Um, when we, we were f- when we were filming yes. Finding Yeezus, we all stopped. We said halt we stopped production. production. <laughs> You, me, and Max Miller, the director, all mm-hmm. huddled around Max's phone and yep. watched it. And said, you know what? Fuck. This looks sick. We were all taken aback by how exciting it seemed. Yeah. And so, I've been pumped. I've been checking Disney Plus Mm -hmm. weekly going, I think it's this week it comes out. Oh, no. It's in two months. Yeah. I think it's this week. (laughs) No, it's in one month and three weeks. Uh, I think it's this week. No, one month, two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And so on and so on. And so, I was beyond ecstatic to know that I had on Saturday- a day to myself. A the day. wife's away. This wow. boy will play and watch pray. <laughs> this boy will pray. 
<laughs> and I popped it on really early, like 10 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. You start your day with prayer. I was, uh, I'd was. i start with two forms of prayer. Wow. Good Lord. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm having a cup of tea. Can I ask you a question? I'm watching pray. Were you buzzing? Was I buzzing? Yeah. Were you buzzing yeah. with anticipation? Absolutely. Wow. Okay. And within, within minutes- I knew that I was in for a damn good time at, really? the, at the couch. What gave it away? The title coming up on the screen? Or- <laughs> <laughs> the Predator? Yeah. I think- um, I just think I knew- You know, you can tell when yeah. you're watching a quality action movie. Mm, yes. From the tone and the vibe of the opening. You just yeah. know. You're like, okay, this is going to be classy affair. Mm, I think that's a key. It's a little classy, this mm. one. I actually would say that it's like a minor miracle of a film coming out in this day and age of IP blockbuster sludge and, you know, the goo factor of yeah, IP, IP blockbusters. There's an IP goo factor going on. <laughs> and this is- has got yeah sure there's some green neon blood there's a goo factor there of course definitely but this is you know as opposed to the groo factor which is what minions are <laughs> every time you see minions you go, there's a groo factor going on here but i would say you know this is um the opposite of the mr magoo factor there's some vision here <laughs> And that's what I appreciate about it the most. Like there is yeah. a strong vision, yeah. and it's like not—it's not taking a big risk or anything. But it's just no. like it's a, to me, it's an—it's e- abs- enough of a swing. Yes, it's a—it's a safe bet to go. Well, it's nostalgia bait for mm-hmm. a start. It's a franchise that's been running for forty years. Surely, some people are going to watch this fucking thing. But it's a swing within that safety mm. to do something like this. And I think that it is such an enticing premise immediately. That's why oh, I've been yeah. hooked on it for the last two months. <laughs> people are so pumped on this premise. Like, even my my wife uh, hasn't seen any of the Predator movies. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I was like, oh, yeah, I watched Prey. Here's what it's about. She was like, that sounds sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. Everyone loves this premise. Exactly. We all love this premise. It just makes sense. And it kind of opens up your mind to the th- fan casting mm-hmm. idea of kind of like, well, what if the Predator could go to yeah. these other points in history, such as the Declaration of Independence, mm. or when we Goff- have to steal <laughs> the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> or Goff Willem being stand down by the Queen. That, yeah. Those kind of times in history. Yes. The, the I'd love to see the Predator in 1974. <laughs> Six Australia. I'd kill to see that. <laughs> I would love to see that. The 1956 Melbourne Olympics. I'd love to see the Predator there. Predator versus Wake and Fright? <laughs> That's a movie. That actually is sick. That's, That's sick. already Predator sick. Predator in the Outback. Yeah. That's cool. Predator versus Crocodile Dundee in the oh, Outback. Oh, God. That is pretty cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's like, That's not a knife. That's actually a laser gun. <laughs> it's a laser. <laughs> Penetrative missile. I mean, obviously, it does open up all those possibilities, but they were already opened up, you know, by the creators yeah. of The Predator. By Predator 2, you see Predator fucking Danny Glover on that ship going, holy shit, look at all the adventures these guys have had back They've in the They've been past. on some wild journeys, these guys. <laughs> He's like, God, these walls have seen some real shit. Looking yeah. around. <laughs> but it's crazy that no one really went for it until now. It, it feels like the- uh, like, the kind of fodder one would find in, like, an Elseworlds tale of a comic book franchise, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of, like, what this should be. Like, it just immediately clicks. It makes sense. 
And I think it's a really, really strong action movie. I had yeah. such a joy watching it, and I loved the lead performance by Amber Mid-Thunder. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been cognizant of seeing her in anything no, before. No, she's in Roswell. I've mm. noticed, but like as if we've watched that. Uh, I've seen every episode. <laughs> the reboot. <laughs> yeah. The rebooted series of Roswell. Come yeah. on. I've seen every episode. Love that diner it's set in. <laughs> I think it's set in a diner. I love that. <laughs> She's great. Mm. Future star. Absolutely. I think movie star immediately. And what I love about this, and I think this is where the class factor comes in. Yeah, this is where it's classy as hell. Yeah. Is you get sick action sequences before the Predator's even yes. in the movie. Yes. You get so much cool shit, like some fight sequences. Mm-hmm. You get Amber Mid-Thunder- fighting a bear Mm -hmm. before there's even a fucking alien involved. So, already you're like, man, I'm having the best time. I'm in the old old frontier. We're in frontier land. We're in Comanches, you know. We're learning about the world and stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's like there's some axes being thrown around. Mm. She modifies her axe to make it cooler. Yeah. She's just- I think it's a great character. Mm. And uh, also, I would say that the- it's like a really good looking movie in this day and age. I don't think it would compare to original Predator or Predator 2 even as far as like aesthetic goes, but I think it's, it's like comparable. A, it's, it's still good, like especially for you know digital photography and stuff. It yeah. looks great. I mean, Predator, the original Predator, I'm such a sucker for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the first R-rated films I think I ever saw. Yeah. And I just thought it was the most badass thing and then now, you know, you watch it in your 30s and you go, oh, it's like the most camp, like, mm. l- embarrassing machismo shit in the world. But it's still, it looks cool. The jungle's badass. Yeah. These big glistening muscly boys look fantastic. They look absolutely sensational. <laughs> Too muscly. They're really good. Bill Duke, dudes. Bill Duke rocks. I love Bill Duke. Jesse Ventura. Oh, the body. Yeah, the body himself. The body herself is there. And uh, but nowadays, I think this this one, I like the look of this a bit better. I'm a bit of a sucker for a frontier film. You know, mm. I love westerns. You do. I love, love Yellowstone. Yes. I love anything that's a bit in this kind of world, in this part of the country, mm. in part of America. Um, I, yeah. I think it looks great. Me, yeah, I agree. I think it's a cool looking movie. I really dug the score, and I yeah. think. You know, Predator 1, that's such a great score that it's James Horner, right? The original oh, one. Oh, I don't know. Probably. I think it's James Horner. It's like real, it almost feels like a juxtaposition of like, because quite orchestral mm. and bit brassy and stuff. And I think that this was like a just a nice score. I don't know if it's quite as melodious. I don't have like, I'm not humming the song in my head. But while I was watching, I was like, oh, this is good. And I just mm. looked up to it is, I don't, uh, I'm on Letterboxd, so maybe I'm wrong here, but Sarah Shackner, mm. and they've only got one other credit for the Lazarus effect. So, it seems like it's like a new composer, which is exciting. That's ex- cool. That's cool. We love a new composer. We love new composers. So, apparently, this premise had been kicked around since 2016. Mm. Since his last film, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which wow. we both liked. We both liked Dan Trachtenberg's last film. He was trying to get this up immediately, mm. pitching this idea. Far and out. then- the stupid ass studio went with um, Shane Black's one, which we detested. Yeah, we sure. didn't like it. We and it yeah, stupid. he cast a pedophile in it, and we thought that was yeah. crap too. Yeah, cast a pedophile alongside some of the great actors like Boyd Holbeck. 
Oh, Boyd. <laughs> Boyd Holbrook. Long, long oh, other days of Boyd Holbrook. Old Brecken. Brecken Myers. Oh, we love old Brecken. Um, and, of course, Olivia Munst is in it. Yes. She's amongst it all. Olivia amongst it. <laughs> She's amongst it. And, of course- Keegan Michael Key. Oh, and he's wonderful in the movie. And if <laughs> so is- God, it's not Jim Barney. Tom Jane, but he looks like Jim uh, Barney. Yes, Thomas so- Jane looks like Jim <laughs> Tom Barney. Tom Jane as Ernest. <laughs> Ernest. Ernest versus Predator. <laughs> now that, I mean, we've already got it in the form of the Predator, but yeah. Ernest versus Predator would be good. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's a real, Ernest would be very scared of Predator. The Predator sucked. Yeah. And so I believe that's the reason why it took so long to get Prey up because they mm. the com- studio were like, no, 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 we're backing the Predator. Shane oh, Black's God. on one at the moment. We're backing Black. We're backing Black. <laughs> He's on one. We- it has franchise potential. It's going to oh, kick off. People are going to love this Mercury we're- Rising plot. <laughs> we're trying to put Jacob Tremblay and Boyd Holbrook as a two brother stars <laughs> in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then it obviously tanked and it took them a while to convince mm. them that we could do it again and make it cool. And, yep. man, what a payoff. I know. And it's like, to me, Dan Trachtenberg, i so glad he's finally gone on the film out there. Mm. His work on Black Mirror has been really good as well and, like, these little TV gigs here and there. But um, I think he's just, like, a really good solid studio filmmaker that mm. they should be backing to do these things. I'm so glad he fell out of the freaking Uncharted movie, uh, um, yeah, which yeah. I did see. What was a portal? Portal. Okay. Portal. He made a short film, short that, film yeah. and that was a fan film. That was his thing that got him noticed. Right? That got him noticed because before that he was like you and I. He was basically just a pop schmo. culture aficionado. Right. Um, he was on the Totally Rad show. Just probably eating a crunchy bar every fucking day. <laughs> I mean, now he's holding a court with Violet Crumble eaters every day. <laughs> but um, he was, you know, on the Totally Rad show. He made that uh, short film, and that got him noticed. And you know what is crazy? J.J. Abrams <coughs> holds the rights to Portal to be turned into a film. Mm. And he's, what, sitting on his little ass playing <laughs> his little dick <laughs> and not letting Dan Trachtenberg make the movie? <laughs> to me, it's a no-brainer. The guy kicked ass of a short. He's proven himself twice as a studio filmmaker mm. with, like, you know, even the offcuts of 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's how he got to do it because I think that's a freaking bad robot joint or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just give him better the right to make- bad robot joint. Bad I- Robot, my favourite <laughs> production house. I love Bad Robots. Bad boy. They're real bad rude boys, dude. <laughs> bad rude boy. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's awesome stuff. Bad rude boy. Come on. This is what you pay for. Riffs like that within the first 15 minutes of the podcast. Come on. But, uh, what do you think about the Predator redesign? This new Predator look? Well, I guess this is supposed to be a little more primitive, right? His early days. I don't know how early days it is. Maybe it's just like he looks a little bit more different in the face. He's set. And he's got well, I mean, this- the film is set. In 1719. But, you know, so Predator Time. Like, I mean, like, Predator Time. They I don't, don't know. But they don't time travel, I don't think. They're no, just but like, I know that. But they're just, know. like, still fucking- They have shit technology at times, too. Like, But he's still a flying ship that turns he's invisible. He's still got a- He can still be invisible. He's still got a flying ship. But I think he's a little more basic. He's barely wearing any clothes. Barely a stitch on this guy. <laughs> Dick flopping in the wind with those dread pubes. And that's the way I like it. <laughs> 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 and, like, he's a little more showy with his skulls. He's mm. wearing his skulls around, like, check me out. Yeah. 
I, I like. I thought it looked great. I like. Mm. I like that his helmet is kind of a skull. I like that helmet skull. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I love it when his head pops out from underneath. Me I was too. Like, Interesting heads on that guy. This guy's got a mug. Cool right? He looked different, and I like that. You know, you don't want to just have the same looking predator. Well, they all sort of look different. Yeah. You know, how many of these movies have you seen? I've seen every single Predator movie except for Alien vs Predator Two Requiem. You haven't seen AVPR. I haven't seen AVPR. But you know what? This made me want to. <laughs> no, I um, I I like Predator. I, I think I like most of the movies, but I don't mm. have a strong connection to them. Mm. Um, except I really love Predator. I too. just think they're cool. Yes, I don't like love them, and I don't seek to put them on. But mm. I, I, I still. I've been excited enough by yes. both by both theatrical ones that have come out in the last few yeah. years. So you were so stoked for the Shane Black. One. I really was. Such a bummer. Mm. Ugh. Rank the Predator movies. Okay. Um, Number one spot. What do we got? Predator. Yep. Number two, Prey. Wow. Number three, Love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd go. You know, I don't have as much of a love for Predator two as mm. you do, so yep. I'd put Predators. Oh wow! Okay, I, yeah, I like Predators too, mm. and Predators uh, too. I, I wish it was Predators too. There was gonna be a Predators. There was too. gonna be. It was gonna be Lawrence Fishburne again. I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. I love him in Predators. Yeah, I love him in Predators. And then I'd I uh, also haven't seen AVPR, but I wow. played the video game Aliens vs Predators. And where would that rank? Not doesn't really f- uh, get a ranking spot. Yeah, because it's not movie. No, unless you're watching a streamer play. It. <laughs> um, I would go Predator Two, number one. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I I think it's cool. Mm. I do like it, and I think it's it's even cooler now. Yeah, with the context of Prey, it just I think. really appeals to me. Like that, it just it, it it's one of those movies that feels so made to my taste because it's like a futuristic gangster film mm-hmm. that's like set off in the far off future of freaking seven years time 1997 yeah like that is already like so in my ballpark where they're like when someone goes we're set in the world where everything's different you could ever imagine it's like mm. yeah I could just fall asleep and wake up in that time no <laughs> yeah problem. yeah yeah um, I love that <laughs> stuff and it's got like this weird gang war between like Jamaicans and yeah. I can't it's been a while since I've seen it but like that's already a weird thing that they do yeah it's, it's like so a odd. it's like a war, a gang war. It's got a detective story in it. So mm-hmm. All that stuff. And then Predator's just there. Awesome. Then I would go probably Predator, mm. the original. And then I would probably go Prey and then Predator's very close right after it. Yeah, right. Then I would go um, Alien versus Predator because I remember seeing that on DVD. Mm. I remember watching it and going, holy smokes, this movie is electric. It's awesome and it's on DVD and I like it and the special features are cool. And I loved it. And the next day I loved it so much, I went to the video store again and got Alien out to watch <clears throat> and thought it was boring. Oh, that's right. You hadn't seen Alien at this hadn't point. Seen, I only seen Alien vs. Predator. And then I swore off that's ever seeing Alien so again. So funny. Well, it was it like 14 years old? I know, but old. that's it's like exactly a 14-year-old's yeah. opinion. I remember uh, watching Aliens first mm. and loving Aliens yes, yes, and yes. then watching Alien and being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what is this? Where's all the armies? Hello. Are you, this is a hand-cranked camera or something. It's so slow. It's like, chill out. <laughs> you got a base. And there's no base. And there's no base. I liked it Where's when they're the at base? the base. <laughs> they mostly come at night. Mostly. mostly. Um, and then I will probably see- Then I'll put The Predator. And then I'll, put, I'll watch Alien vs. Predator. Man, I didn't even- I forgot to say The Predator in my well, ranking. Well, it was assumed it would be at the end. 
It's a very shit piece of movie. Remember how depressed we were after seeing the Yeah, movie? it sucked ass. It the was ending a- line, which we've talked about a lot, I think, which yeah. is a, supposed to be a hilarious quip, which is setting up a... Um, a sequel mm. where, like, a human, uh, a predator suit that humans yep. can wear, a predator killer yeah. suit shows up, and Boyd says, Does it come in a 42 long? And the cinema goes crazy. They went absolutely nuts. And like, I wish that was the a funniest little, shit I've ever heard. I wish there was a little tailor that came out and measured him up because <laughs> it's actually me to measure, sir. <laughs> it's actually off the rack. Yeah, if we had a little Sidney Tucci cameo, someone who could play a convincing tailor, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, that's true. That would be cool. Yeah, so it's a prey is good. It gets our seal of approval. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Mm. I, I'm a sucker for this type of thing. Just a big, fun action movie yeah. with cool. Like traps and quicksand and shit. If you could pick a so time good. period to set a Predator movie in, I mean, this is the one. I'm a, is, I'm such me, a sucker for the frontier yes, shit. I love tier it. Frontier pick, right? Yeah, away. but then it's like next. I mean, people are online a fan casting mm. what the next ones could be, like Vikings or yeah. pirates. Of the Caribbean. Oh, that would be awesome if Captain Jack. Yeah. <laughs> if they were like, we're sending him back to verse the most powerful <laughs> warrior in all of human history, Captain. And then it cuts to, you talking about me, Captain Jack <laughs> you're Sparrow. Talking about me, baby, far out, <laughs> far out. You talking about me, <laughs> groovy, <laughs> groovy. You must start believing in fairy tales because you're freaking E one and it's freaking psychedelic, baby. You want the black pearl? I'll change you the black pearl for your invisible spaceship. <laughs> I'm going to shake it rotten. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool if it was Predator versus Jack Captain Jack off Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, let's pray. Now, you went down town. I went downstown. You went downtown <laughs> to Melbourne Town. Yep. For the Melbourne International Film Festival Miff for a weekend. Miff di- I went for a little miff dive. You went miff diving? Yeah. By yourself? Uh, by myself. I barely came up for air. And you- uh, I saw 10 movies saw- in four days. <laughs> <laughs> because we were working the entire way through Sydney Film Festival. Uh-huh. We went down the day before Sydney Film Festival started to work on Jesus, and we came back the yep. day it ended. So yep. I had a big Opening void. and closing ceremonies. <laughs> yeah, we were like- Flip you, bish. We're going down. <laughs> and I was really, uh, I you know, had a, a void in my life of movies. I mm-hmm. really needed it. So I got an opening night ticket, ran down, enjoyed my time there. Saw some really fantastic pictures. Mm-hmm. Name them. Okay. Number one, opening night film. I think it might actually be an instant classic. Uh, it was a movie called Of An Age, Australian film. Uh, that is- I've been seeing a lot of hype about this, actually. Yeah, it's really good. And I would say that not traditionally, opening night films are not always something so exciting. Usually, they are a local production, but often will end up being like a documentary. Or very often, a city film for the last few years has been um, like an anthology film. And I do oh, yeah. like anthology films quite a lot, but, you know, it's hard to get excited by mm. an anthology film. But this is- um, by a filmmaker called Goran, uh, Goran Stolevsky, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a coming-of-age queer film 
from the perspective of a young Macedonian man who's coming to terms with like, his sexual identity. I think you would really dig this film because the structure is so interesting and like right in your wheelhouse mm. where it kind of takes two points in time, the first being 1999 where he's 17 years old and it's like a road trip movie where he mm. goes on a impromptu road trip with his best friend's sister, uh, his best friend's brother uh, whom they uh, are going to go pick up his best friend because she's like got drunk and ended up in like a small town near Melbourne and it's just like that road trip uh, genre where mm. you have like the emotional connection building slowly and like you know, they're trapped in a space together and it's really really moving beautiful emotion building and then that story concludes after one, like it's a one day cycle. Uh, and then it cuts to part two, which is set in 2010. Hmm. And it's just another one day cycle in 2010. And it's just two parts of the story. The first part is like act one and act two. Final part is act three. And it's just like great, great performances where you see in this, in the gap that you miss, you understand how they all grew mm. into the people they would become as mm. adults. And just like really, really strong performances, same actors, same cast across the two parts. But I honestly think it's like potential to be like an instant classic of Australian cinema. Like I, I think it was really, really, really wonderful. Beautifully realized, great cinematography. Of course, it kind of like borrows from, or not borrows, but you can see the influence, the lineage of stuff like In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai, Moonlight, and even obviously a movie that was important to me growing up, like Head On, the mm. Christos Solkis, Anna Kokinos, uh, queer Australian Melbourne set film. But this is like gentler than that. But really, really wonderful. I've been hearing a lot of hype around it, so mm. that's cool. cool yeah. to hear that. What else did you check out while you were there? The other one I really want to tell you about, and I can't wait for you to see, is uh, another Aussie movie. Probably my top two picks of the festival, two Aussie films. Mm. Um, the other one is from- Is it uh, Alien vs. Goff Whitlam? That is the one I've been praying <laughs> to see. <laughs> um, but it is called uh, The Stranger. Um, and it's from director Thomas M. Wright, who did Acute Misfortune. Yeah, you messaged me about this. Mm. I haven't seen Acute Misfortune, but that's another one that people have yeah. said is sick. I think you would really like it because that was like the first, like a. I remember. I thought you'd come with us, but I know Henry and Aaron Chen and I, maybe like Angus and a few other mates, all went mm. to go see um, a Q and A for that film a couple of years ago. That was hosted by Joel Edgerton, who now is the star of this movie, and that was like something that got me really thinking about, like you know, the miniseries we did last year, Australian Psycho. Yeah. And this new one, I didn't really know anything that it was about. I just saw Thomas M. Wright. Great. I'm going to go see that. <laughs> Joel Edgerton, one of my favorite Aussie actors, crime film. The I mean, Edge. Yeah. I'm breaking in. The Edge is there. I'm popping my beanie on and I'm going to the cinema. <laughs> and I'm going, hello, hello. Let's enjoy. And I'm going to get some vertigo because it actually was in IMAX. I did see it in IMAX. I do get vertigo when I'm in IMAX because it's quite a steep uh, ascent. Yeah. Um. But this is a crime film. It's kind of uh, based on the true crime that you and I would have grown up with a lot, mm -hmm. which is Daniel Morecambe's yeah. uh, Missing yeah. Boy in Australia. He would have been like around our age. Mm. I just remember my whole childhood going up and down like the North Coast, seeing like the pictures of him, mm. like to, you know, the missing posters and stuff. So it was very clear early on to me not knowing anything 
that this was a fictionalized take on the undercover uh, the undercover operation to get the killer, to find the killer and to bring mm. him in that ha- took place years after, like a decade after the kid went missing. And the family of Daniel Morecambe has not been happy that this film has been made. Mm. But this film is... Uh, you don't see any violence. You don't see any gore. There's not even any really grisly imagery in it. But I honestly felt the entire two-hour run through it like I was on the edge and the verge of a panic attack at mm. all times. It really made me feel so intense. Like if I was on the edge of an aisle, I would have walked up, you know, washed my face off or something. Just like just needed. I would have needed to take a break. I was mm. like clutching an empty bottle, like crunching it in my mm. hands. Must to the annoyance of the cast and crew that were there. For <laughs> the screening but it really got under my skin i i, I think it's just like a, a meticulously made joel edgerton maybe has never been better and the potential suspect is played by sean harris oh yeah god he's good from like mission impossible yeah. fallout the last couple of mission 24 impossible hour movies. party people yeah he great actor curtis right in he's, he's in curtis in that yep so good. He's, he's great in the Mission Impossible movies, too. He's just such a spectacular actor. He was mm. in The Green Knight as well. I think he plays Arthur in The Green Knight. Oh, sick. Um, and in this one, he is, I reckon, is one of the best performances of an Australian by a non-Australian actor. Mm, wow. He really has the voice. You know that really, like his voice being channeled into an Australian accent, he has like that... Um, that very Darrow voice, as we would call mm. it, like, oh, yeah, like mm. almost like a Spiteri from mm-hmm. Getting Square, but we, it's in a way that feels so sinister. And he's got that really lanky, wiry body mm. and that wiry red hair. He just feels like such a terrifying presence. I absolutely love this movie. It's going to be coming out on Netflix in October around the world, so- Keep it in your watch list. Hmm. But it's really... I, I found it terribly intense. But like I said, there's no violence. And at points in time, Cam, I was like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. All right. It's like just really, really well made. And just like I reckon up there with like the great undercover stories ever. Like The Departed. Like <laughs> Joseph Pistone's story in uh, <laughs> Donny Brasco. Mm-hmm. Or even Deep Cover, the Lawrence Fishburne movie. That's one that I'm very excited to see. Mm. I, I think that sounds right up my alley. I've been reading along with the press surrounding the Morecambe family. Mm. Um, and it's, I get it. Of but course. I also think that, you know, these are stories that maybe need to live on in a mm. way. You know, even though they're not direct retelling, it's, it's inspired by. And I think they mm. need to live on because they're so... They're so unique and, and horrific in a way. And I think this film, wisely, it doesn't show any even pictures mm. of a boy or anything like that. You just kind of know what the crime is. Um, and there's there's no, like, it, there's no, like, fetishizing of the crime. Like, that mm. cinema of, mm. like, fetishizing yeah, the that is true a, crime stories. Yeah, that's a problem stories. that happens with things. Like, Snowtown, I found, yes. had a little bit too much fun with how icky that shit was. I honestly don't think this exploits the crime mm. to that in that way at all. Like, even... It took me a little while to realize what it was, but then it was inmistakable when I realized what it was. And mm. that was only because that that's a crime where it's very... 
rare to see, but that was a comment that affected my life, you know? Mm. Like, that was one that grew up seeing those posters. And, like, I always had thoughts, you know, Daniel Morgan was always in my thoughts growing up. Mm. And so, it was- I didn't feel like it was exploitative, but I do understand that people can find it exploitative. And, I mean, you, you know? would- If you were in any way affiliated with any of these mm. stories that get adapted or inspired by- yeah. You know, ins- inspire true crime things. You'd be, you would feel the same way too. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure all the people involved in uh, like the Animal Kingdom inspired mm. things are like, fuck Animal Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're making a TV show for CW or whatever. That's double fuck them. <laughs> double fuck them. Mm. Uh, that's exciting, man. I, um, I can't wait for that one. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I saw some really great ones. I would also say The Quiet Girl is really good, which is like a Gaelic um, language coming of age film about a girl who's quite quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, re- I was watching a teary-eyed beautiful, and I saw, I think, one that's been on both of our lists for the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, it, oh, yeah. I think we both said it would be our number one mm. film of 2020, and then it hasn't come out until now on the count of three by yeah. Jared Carmichael. I'm excited for that one. Um, do you know anything about it? Because I can't. I don't. I know, know the we... premise. Yeah, yeah. It's a great premise. Do you want to tell the premise to the listeners? The premise is two friends who are suicidal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds like a laugh ride already. Um, who agree to kill each other by the end of the day? Yeah, and they have one last day on earth together. Yeah. And it's Jared Carmichael, who is a fantastic comedian, big inspo. And uh, the dude from Girls, whose name I can't remember, Chris- Christopher Abbott. Christopher Abbott. Yeah, he's. I think he's great. Christopher Rabbit. Who's that? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> okay, isn't that you're thinking of Peter Boone? Rabbit? Yeah, maybe. And Christopher Robin. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about two nicely watercolor drawn characters from, I guess, the early 1900s. Yeah, but Christopher Abbott. Mm. Is uh, I think a really underrated actor. He's really great in this. They mm. both are. Um, you know what it felt like, and I didn't. I think because I hadn't seen any trailers, and just seeing that image like two years ago of them pointing the guns yeah. at each other, I just had in my head like, and also knowing he was wanting to do forty eight hours with the Safties, mm. I just had in my head that it would be like a Walter Hill kind of crime movie mm. or a freaking Safdie kind of crime movie. But uh, going in, it's. So much a kind of dark satire parody of uh, that 2000s genre cycle of Sundance indie dramedies. Mm. You know, like not too far from uh, Little Miss Sunshine and like all Mm -hmm. the films that like that kicked off. Mm. Um, And like, you know, any movie that Paul Rudd was in in like that time, you know, whatever, those kind of movies. You know, John Krasinski was in like 15 of them or whatever. Totally. But it's like funnier than those, better made than those. And it's like quite, it's very dark. And it's very fun. Uh, and it's got great performances and heaps of people that are cast against type in a really interesting way. Like JB Smoove's there, Tiffany Haddish is mm. there, Henry Winkler's there, and they're all just slightly against car uh, against their type. It just like works in a really like a way that deepens the story a lot more. I'm real pumped for that. Mm, I've it's been pumped cool, for that man. for a while. The other ones comes the future, awesome new Cronenberg, hectic stuff. I saw it with Ben Russell. Ew. And we got Groove. There was That's quite the a goof factor. goof factor there. That was quite a goof factor. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. There was some really good stuff. I got it all up on my letterbox. If you want, to, if you're listening and you want to add things to your watch list, you can find them all there. But I saw ten movies in four days. But those are the ones I really, really loved. 
I haven't watched much. I've been watching Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. which is almost over, and I'm going to really, really miss. Yeah. I love the world of that show and the greater um, Breaking Bad universe. Mm, the Breaking My universe. I think it's really good. Yeah. I've been watching the rehearsal, mm-hmm. which I'm loving as well. Of course. Uh, and I got given a book. This was given to me as a rap present. Oh. Um, when I finished up on a TV show, we all got given a present. I got given um, Mel Brooks's autobiography. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's okay. called It's All About Me. Great title. And it's so funny yeah. because he's funny. Yeah. So, it's like- He's a scream. It's quite genuinely funny. But then mm. also, it's written by a guy who's now 93 mm. or something. Um, I assume he's just talking and someone's typing. Yeah. And most of the stories in the book are just him retelling either word for word, quoting his own movies and stand-up routines, or just telling stories about times that he was hilarious. That's awesome. So, a lot of the chapters are like, one time I was in the commissary at, um, you know, Universal Studios, and I said the funniest thing, and (laughs) and John Wayne was pissing his pants. And they're just like him just recounting times that he was funny. It's really yeah. good. But so I have kind of watched along with his films. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched mm. a Mel Brooks comedy. And they're so good. Yeah. They're really fucking funny and so hammy mm. and so cheese, but I love it. I love the cheese factor. I think he's one of the great parody artists. Totally. Because I think he honours the every aspect of the film. Like, I watched Young Frankenstein. Mm. That's my favourite probably Mel Brooks yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. But I just love it because I love those original mm. Universal Monster movies so much. And it just looks exactly like them. It's such a beautiful recreation of that era of cinema. It's cool, man. He's like genuinely a movie fan. Mm. I think you'd like the book because he, t- particularly with that chapter, you know, he talks about how much he loves James Whale. He loves all of James wow. Whale's films. I and so that. they tracked down the original Frankenstein set. So <gasps> that young Frankenstein is shot on yeah. the same set as Frankenstein. That's awesome. They use the same lenses that James Whale used. He said, well, we're not going to use any hard cuts. It's all going to be irises or fades. Yeah. Oh, like he's beautiful. he's a parodyist to you it's homage. He's like Tarantino of comedy. Like yeah. he's just like it's accurate. Wow. Same with Blazing Saddles. He was mm. like, we're doing the same thing. Um the one I haven't watched yet, but I just finished the chapter on is High Anxiety, which is his Hitchcock yeah. riff. That was a favorite one because it was on TV all the time. I've never seen it. But yeah. he talks in the book a lot about how he had like five writing sessions with Hitchcock. No way, I didn't know that. He, like, pitched the idea to get permission. Hey, Mr. Hitchcock, do you mind if I make a parody of your films? And Hitchcock's like, good evening. (laughs) Yes, you can do whatever you want with my work. He was like, only if I get to write with you for, like, five hours. So, he he would, like, go to Hitch's office and sit down and they'd work through scenes and Hitch would pitch. Hitch would pitch? Suspense things and go, like, you could do this, you could have it like this, you could frame it like this. So, he he says, like, that film is basically an uncomfortable credited Hitchcock film. Fucking hell. Oh my god, I gotta watch this again. <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch I mean I've never seen High Anxiety. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch all the other ones that I love. Yeah. 
I watched History of the World Part 1. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that one it's ever. It's fucking funny. Yeah. It's really funny. I'm trying to remember the other ones I've seen. Silent Movie? Yep. I liked that one a yep. lot growing up. That's fun. Um, and then, obviously, I've seen all the moderns, like- um, Robin Hood, Men Robin in Hood, Men in Tights, Spaceballs. Yeah. They really loved Spaceballs. Me neither, much. but I'm going to give that a yeah. watch soon. I haven't seen it since I was probably 12 and yeah. I didn't love it. I used to love, I absolutely love Robin Hood Men in yeah. Tights. I, at a point in time, I was like, this is the funniest shit anyone's <laughs> ever made. Like, it really, so I mean, that's probably why I've got introduced to Dave Chappelle. You yeah, know? totally. Carrie Ooze. Yeah. got introduced to him there too. Yeah. Richard yeah. Lewis. Oh, I love Richard Lewis in that. Like, that was, I was like, this guy's cool. Yeah. What is this guy? The guy from hell? He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, of course, is Dracula Dead and Loving It. I don't think I've ever seen that either. <laughs> I used to love I think it's bad, but I used to really love yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's because it's the King Leslie's yeah. in there, you know? Yeah, and Peter McNichol's in it. Oh, I love Peter McNichol. I love him in Bean Movie, the, the <laughs> Bean the Ultimate Disaster Movie. Do you like him in Adam's Family Values? I like him in Adam's Family Values. I like him in Sophie's Choice. I like him in- Ali McBeal? Ali McBeal. He, steals the show. Do you know what? He's he was in He's the in last two seasons, two, isn't he? He is. Yeah. He's in the last two seasons of Veep. Genuinely steals the show. Great. I would watch him steal the show in Veep. He's so funny in Veep. He's a fun little guy, you know. Yeah. A good character actor. Get him in more things. Marvel, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Marvel, we need a Peter McNichol Renaissance. We need him to come back, perhaps as Blade's carrier or something. <laughs> He works with Blade. That's what I want to see. He could be just like a senator, like a prickish yes, senator. Like how freaking, um, what's his Shandling. face? Shandling like used to be Shandling. a senator. Yeah, just replace Shandling with McNichol and, yeah. hey, I'll be there. I, I Captain America that. 4, let's do it. That's why I lost interest with the MCU when Shandling died. When Shandling passed. And he was no longer like some creepy senator. When Shandling got to say Hail Hydra in yeah. whatever movie that was, maybe Winter Soldier. It's in Winter Soldier, I yeah. was like, all right, this is He lives in Hail Hydra. <laughs> Hail Hydra, by the way. Hail Hydra. <laughs> Okay, all those guys, Belza would be awesome in oh that shit. God, if Belza was hailing yeah. Hydra, come on, the Bells. They do toll for <laughs> thee. <laughs> it should go. Oh, yeah. I, mental. But I would say that's a fun thing to leave people with. Mm. It's like get one of those like biographies or yeah. something and read along and watch along. Yeah. I've been doing that with um, the Michael Cimino biography that I'm reading oh, at the yeah. moment uh, about the director of The Deer Hunter and Heaven's Gate. And it was great. Like, a great excuse to watch uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Had never seen that. Mm. It was his debut film. Great and film. then just watched the read the Heaven's Gate chapter or watched the freaking flick. It was just, like, so engrossing to do it, it is a way. fun. It's a fun way to watch mm. something. It's like having your own little movie club. You know? Exactly. I enjoy doing that as well it's a great way to have fun if you have no friends yeah i mean i did that with the warren Beatty movies yeah. a couple of years ago with that peter biskin book the peter biskin what's what? that one called star star fucker <laughs> star fucker by peter biskin he did love to fuck i mean he loved it he loved to gaze end the way i'm sure he fucks annette benning still i hope so i hope they've got a really exciting marriage and it's full of coitus me too. And I hope everyone out there listening is having plenty of coitus as well. Yeah, or, you know, just or don't, getting if you're your locks off in any kind of way you want. Maybe watching movies is the greatest pleasure you feel, like me, and that's my definition of getting my rocks off, is popping on a brand new Blu-ray once a mm. week. 
For me, it's to ejaculate with my wife. <laughs> Within my wife. Or near her. Or near her, her presence. <laughs> but thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. Um, let us know what you've been watching. And also, thank you for supporting us. And it's good to be back. It was nice to take a little bit of a break while we were making and editing Finding Jesus. And that will be coming out fairly soon. Hey, Cam. Oh, yeah. That'll be out in September, I believe. Yeah, September. I don't even know if we're allowed to say yet. But as a sneak peek for our Patreon people, mm-hmm. I believe it's the last week of September yeah. is when it comes out. So, it is pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Grouse House. Auntie Donna YouTube page uh, and it'll be coming mm. soon but hopefully you know dudes I'll tell you this we've been editing it and we've been doing voiceovers mm. for it like the last couple of weeks and it's I'm not just being a, I'm not sucking on my own asshole right I here, know but he's I not think slurping it's, his own it's, I think it's my favourite thing yeah that I, I, that's I think that's the nicest thing that while mm. we're in that mode it's, we strove for something that we wanted yeah. to make mm. and at it's best moments like fuck this is my favourite shit you know yeah I think it's fucking amazing. I think you're very funny in it, by the way, mister. I think you're very funny in it, mister. And I think you solve a wonderful mystery, mister. I think you solve a wonderful mystery, <laughs> mystery. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, guys. Thank you for your support. We've been, uh, we've missed you guys. We're sorry that we haven't made some stuff. We just need to take a little break for our sanities yep. and for our HMVs. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Those are two record stores. <laughs> <laughs> to give you a little joke, Cam, before you hit stop on the recording. But thanks so much, King. We love you. And we'll do some more patrons very soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>